You're listening to 50 Plus a Tip, the show for strippers, ethical sluts, and other open-minded whores. Hi, lovelies. Welcome back to 50 Plus a Tip. I'm your host, Danica. And I'm Riley. And today we are sitting down with Rosie Skies. Rosie is a showgirl and performer who has been working in Western Canada for five years. She has won pole competitions across Canada with her extensive dance background, which has played a huge part in her passion for being on stage today. Rosie recently moved to Melbourne, Australia to work with the Sisters of Seduction, a stripper dance group who performs and competes at one of the city's top clubs. We get to learn all about what it's like working in Australia, being a part of a dance crew that does stage shows and eat each other out <laughs> and all that good stuff. And you guys are going to love this episode. So here you go. Hi, Rosie. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited to have you here. Happy the first here. question everyone always wants to know how long have you been in sex work and which avenues have you all worked in yeah um I have pretty much just been stripping and doing like a little bit of sugaring sort of on like I don't know casually I feel like you always tend to meet people (laughs) when you're in the industry um and I've been working for about five years five years and a little bit um, mostly in Alberta, working in the clubs there, but I've worked in BC, mostly at the number five orange and yeah, I've worked in Montreal for a couple, like a weekend or so. And yeah, it's definitely been interesting working across Canada. Yeah. How did you first get into the industry? Honestly, I like always wanted to be a stripper. I think I've like heard in um, your previous podcast, other people saying that, like, even like when I was younger, I like told my parents that I wanted a job that I could like wear makeup and like look really good. I wanted to wear heels. I wanted to make lots of money and I wanted to like have like a good like social like job. And I pretty much manifested that into stripping and being able to look good and like take care of myself and be able to make the money that I want to. And yeah, it kind of just seemed to fall into my lap. I ended up applying and I have never looked back. It's best decision ever. (laughs) I really do feel like sex work and like stripping is a calling for some people. Like I feel like every, yeah, all of the people who have been in it for like a long time, they've always just sort of like fallen into the job or the job has come to them. Yeah. Absolutely. It definitely just seemed like something that I kind of knew I was going to do. It took a little bit to get into it. I didn't start until I was about almost 20, 1920, but I definitely thought about it before that. But I have a a lot of dance background as well. So it kind of seemed like it would make sense to go into stripping. So I'd be able to continue dancing and all of that. I like to tell my mom I have the highest paying dance job. She, yeah. she loves that. <laughs> it's more than a principle, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I competed in dance too up until I was like 17. Um, yeah. And when I told my mom that I was a stripper, she's like, oh, so I, those ballet lessons really paid off, hey? <laughs> Absolutely. They really do. I think people can like tell when you have a dance experience versus people that don't. Like it's just like just that little extra flow and the confidence of already having lots of experience on stage from when you're younger. So mm, it's the pointed toes for me. That is a real <laughs> dead giveaway. <laughs> Oh, so you said you've kind of just done the stripping and the sugaring. I assume you preferred the stripping to sugaring. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, uh, 
Yeah, I I feel like I honestly, I've heard this again in your previous episodes that the reason that people really like sex work or stripping specifically is because you can go to work and then when you leave, you're done and you don't need to answer any messages on Instagram and you don't need to talk to anybody and you don't need to put on that persona that you've been playing all night. But even I found in sugaring and I, I do find that like sugaring kind of for me is more of like a ongoing long-term relationship with somebody that is like paying you as opposed to more of like a paper meet. And I find like all of the people that I've ended up sugaring for, you get to that point with regulars, even at the strip club where they pay a certain amount and then they start thinking that you're friends or you're more than friends or now that they've spent this money and you've spent this time they think that they deserve more of your energy and it kind of just gets to the point that you either have to cut them off or you have to really let them know that nothing more is going to happen and then you can lose that customer because now they have lost the fantasy that you guys are going to be together so I think it kind of crosses too many boundaries for me. I kind of get, it gets a little bit too close to home and I find stripping just lets me separate it a little bit more from my personal life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I always find it funny how that disrespect of boundaries always only goes one way. Like you never, I always like tell people like when a customer says like, well, we're friends now, like, why am I still paying you? Why yeah. not challenge them the other way saying, we're friends now. Why don't you start paying me more? Because you like me more now. I you love never saying see that, that to customers. Way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never see it benefiting the sex worker ever. Mm-hmm. The budding friendship or the, the the authentic feelings that have developed never benefit the sex worker, which yeah. is very eyebrow raising to me. Absolutely. Yeah. I had one of my like good regulars come up to that point where he was like, Um, well, if you want to be friends, like we can go for lunch, but I'm not going to pay you because I don't need to pay girls to go for lunch with me. And I was like, you are so good. Like we had such a good time and you've just like gone and ruined it. Yeah. But we also don't need to go for free lunches. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 literally. (laughs) You're like, and I need somebody to pay for my lunch. So (laughs) (laughs) what are we going to (laughs) do? And goodbye. Yeah, Yeah. I was like, oh. It was sad. It was a sad moment because he was a real good one. Yeah. It is disappointing because mm-hmm. I feel like you do build real connections with people, especially regulars that come in for a long time. You do get to know them and you do kind of build that friendship. And it is honestly kind of sad when you have to cut them off because of what they're doing. And it's it's kind of then you're reminded that they are just a customer and you can't take it too seriously. But And that's the thing, like, it really doesn't happen in any other job as well. Like, you don't see, I mean, you know, you don't see us going up to our lash lady who we've seen for the, you know, every couple weeks for the last two or three years being like, well, now we're friends now. So why don't you give me a free set? Like, you would never. Yeah. Shout out to Livia and Lash. Wait, let's off your first set. Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. There's, it's. We talk about this a lot and and there's a million different ways you see it where sex workers boundaries are constantly like unapologetically crossed uh, to the benefit of the customers or the club or the employer. Um, Yeah. Very problematic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, back to you. (laughs) So where did you first start dancing then? Was it, it was in Canada, right? Yeah. I started dancing at um, 
ESQ in Calgary, Alberta, which is like tiny random little club. It's owned by FME, um, the kind of little club group in Calgary that's not part of independent or mm-hmm. part of the circle or anything or the uh like the traveling clubs it's kind of separate from that so it's uh esq which closed down but that was my first club and then boudoir rouge which is kind of my main club and then i danced at mariposa which replaced esq and then cat house which is we just we don't even talk about Kinos, but Boudoir <laughs> is definitely like my my like home club. That was the club that I danced at the most. Um, a lot of people switched over to Independent, but mm-hmm. honestly, I feel like Boudoir just fit kind of what I was personally looking for and what suited me best. So I ended up staying there for a little bit. But I traveled to BC every kind of like maybe once or twice a year to kind of just work out there. It's like so much fun working in Vancouver and I'm originally from BC so it's kind of nice to come home oh yeah so did you move to Calgary to dance like to start dancing outside of the city or you just happened to be there sort of it's actually kind of funny I was living um like in Vancouver with my parents and I was like oh my god like I did an apprenticeship with them with their company and I lived with them for about six months and I was like I cannot live with them any longer like this is the worst thing ever I need to like move out um and I heard somebody going to Australia about getting like a working holiday visa and I thought that sounded so much fun and I started listening to this podcast actually by these two girls one's a stripper and one's a um uh like a like a parlor like a massage place sort of uh sort of thing and the two girls talked about doing sex work in Melbourne and I thought that was so interesting and I loved the idea so much that I told my parents that I was going to move to Australia but I wasn't making any money in BC because it's so expensive. So I was like, I'm going to move to Al- or to yeah to Calgary and I'm going to save up some money. And I moved out there and I was like, well, I might as well start working at the club. And I ended up like making a ton of friends and then staying and going back to school. And then I was there for like five years. <laughs> and then I was kind of like, well, I wanted to go to Australia five years ago. I should probably do it now. So yeah, that's actually what brought me out here. <laughs> You know what they say, dancing is the gateway drug to school and traveling. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> New merch coming soon. <laughs> exactly. um, you said you danced in BC. Uh, just the five then? Yeah, just the five. How did you yeah. like that? It's amazing. It's such a good club. It's definitely interesting working in BC compared to Alberta, uh, just based on like dance prices are different the contact rules are like way different especially in the club that I worked at in Calgary it was no contact like at all absolutely zero like even passing money back and forth technically like they had to put the money down and you're supposed to pick it up because that's like contact if it's touching between things so it's like so strict and then coming to BC I'd be like oh thank god I can actually sit on a customer and not work as hard in my dances so it was so nice to be able to come out there but yeah I love working at the five I find the energy is really good and just the overall atmosphere of the girls everyone seems to be like 
relatively friendly as strip club friendliness goes and like the management's great and yeah it's been like honestly I've only had good experiences there you kind of answered a little bit of why you moved to Australia um why did you move to Melbourne in particular? Do you think it's the best place to work in Australia or? Yeah, I think money-wise, Melbourne definitely seems to be the best. Um, I also moved to Melbourne specifically to work at the men's gallery to do the group stage shows um, at the club that I'm at now. I've been following them on Instagram for a while and they, yeah, they put on the craziest shows ever. And it's kind of always been something I've been interested in especially coming from a background of doing dance and doing group dance performances. It's kind of fun to bring it back and be able to do choreography and learn spacing and working with a group and everybody has to like be there and work together. And yeah, it's, it's a ton of fun. And I kind of knew that's something that I wanted to try. So Melbourne kind of seemed like the best place because this is where the the hub of that is. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to get into um, the, your, the group that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but just another question about Australia. When is like the busy season for Australia? Um, I think a lot of people have said that it's around like October, September or like September, October, November sort of. Um, so hopefully <laughs> that's that's coming up. But honestly, so far, like July, June, July has been pretty good as well. But it also, I think, depends. There's definitely a bit of a learning curve when it comes to hustling here as opposed to hustling in Canada. So I think for the first couple months that I was here, it took like a bit of work to try to figure out how do you actually properly sell dances here? Um, Because, yeah, it's it's definitely different. So I, I think if I had been here for an entire year already, my income probably would have been a bit different because the first month I (laughs) did not do well. (laughs) I I will be honest about that. It was, it was definitely a bit rough when I got here, but every month so far it's kind of been picking up. So we'll, we'll definitely see. (laughs) Is your accent just like a killer over there? Oh my gosh. Yeah. People love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Although the only disappointing thing is people ask if I'm American all of the time and I have to be like no I'm Canadian and they're like oh my god I'm so sorry and I'm like yeah you should be (laughs) I have the exact same conversation about people calling me Australian (laughs) yeah I I bet it's funny because people are literally like oh you know Canada America same thing and I'm like oh yeah like you and Kiwis same thing right and they're like no, we're, we're not Kiwis, we're, we're Australian. And I'm like, yeah, and we're Canadian. Like, it's literally the same. <laughs> it's insane. To, like, again, this is a conversation that I always have too. And it's it's just, un. well, it is very believable that like men are the same everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not much right. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> uh, so speaking about that uh, dance group, you're part of a female magic mic group called the Sisters of Seduction. How did you get started with them other than uh, stalking their Instagram page? <laughs> yeah, I pretty much when I got here, I showed up and I went for an interview and I pretty much was like, I love being on stage. I have been a showgirl for a while. I want to do group shows like I am committed. I will be here all the time. Like I want to do it no matter what it takes. And they pretty much were like, 
okay. So they did like some show training and they ended up, they do a competition every year. Uh, it's like the Sisters of Seduction competition. So it, it's a competition, but it's really competing all of the shows with each other but we're in all of the shows and all of the shows are choreographed by the same person. (laughs) So it's like kind of of a competition, (laughs) more more of like a showcase where everybody chooses their favorite sort of thing. Um, But they, they do a competition and I did three routines out of the five in the competition. And then we've been doing those ones so far. And I am currently learning two more routines and I just finished doing another one and yeah I pretty much was like put me in coach I want to learn it all and luckily because I do have that experience in dancing and I'm able to pick up choreography relatively quickly it was definitely like they they wanted to have me in the group (laughs) luckily (laughs) yeah it's uh it's fun was there like an audition process? Like, did you have to sort of like display your dance skills or is it something that um, they're willing to teach you? Yeah, sort of. They are definitely willing to teach you. Um, I kind of went in and they were like, oh, can you do this? Can you do this? And I like showed them what I can do and some tricks like that. And they kind of gauged where I am. Um a huge difference between the stage shows uh, in Australia or at least at Men's Gallery versus uh Canada is all the shows are choreographed um so like the shows that I do my own solos that I do on the weekends uh it's like a choreographed show everybody that wants to do a show you have to run it through the choreographer back she chooses or helps you choose your music you have to have a costume they're about like between 10 or like five 10 minute shows and uh yeah you have to have like a whole theme and you have to have choreography and you come in during the weekdays and you like practice at the club and you run your choreography and it's like very like regulated as opposed to I find shows in Canada are a little bit more like you play your songs and you kind of just go on and freestyle a little bit like I've almost always freestyled all of my shows until I got here and I think there's like and or good and bad things about it uh just because having choreography is nice because you don't necessarily have to think too hard about what you're gonna do when you go up there but it means that you have to do the same thing every single time and I definitely get very sick of doing the same thing every time um but it also kind of allows you to maximize the tricks that you want to do and the musicality in it so you're able to like hit the big beats with a certain move as opposed to going up and maybe missing it because you're on the wrong place of the stage because you're just freestyling so yeah is there much like sorry is there much audience interaction at that point then because if you're like going through choreography I know I mean I know in um you know, BC and Al- I, I'm assuming Alberta as well. There's a lot of sort of like stage presence in terms with how you interact with the crowd. Yeah. I feel like, is that negated? Yeah, like just to clarify for the listeners, um, for here, you know, there's maybe six, six girls booked for the night. They go on, they do their solo strip show. They get fully naked for BC especially. They get off the stage. 
girls are around doing VIP dances, selling dances. Next stage girl goes on, gets fully naked for her five songs, gets off. Um, the place that you're speaking of in Australia, you guys are doing quite a different <laughs> approach to a strip club. Um, so you guys are doing group shows. Are you getting fully naked? And are there is there customer involvement? Like, do they come and throw money at you and give you tips? Sort of. There's not really a tipping culture. Maybe somebody will no, give I'm you out. like a five or ten on stage. But to be honest, like I have probably made like a total of a hundred dollars on stage in the like six, seven months I've been here. Like it is not a tipping club at all. Like it is, it's honestly so sad. It, it's really tough Ugh, doing like shows and performing and nobody's tipping. So it's, it's a little, it's a little tough, but, um, and yeah, the, the c- customer interaction is definitely not as much cause I'll be on stage and doing my choreography and then somebody will like have a $5 bill and they'll be kind of like, Oh, like I have a five. And it's like, I can't even really go over there because I'm supposed to do something else. And then like I missed somebody wanting to give me money the other day. And then they literally left by the time I came back. So I was kind of like, Oh my God, like I should have just like stopped what I was doing and went over there. But it really depends in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite things about the shows though, they do it for the solos and for the group shows is uh, th- when we do like, I don't know, a lot of the time in Alberta, like when you play games at the end with like your posters and everything here, your last song, uh, you get a bucket of soap and water and a bottle of champagne and you do your last song and you get like fully undressed for like the beginning of your last song and you like have a big sponge and you like pour water on yourself and like slide around the stage and like spray champagne like on all of the customers it's so much fun. <laughs> it's definitely one of my favorite parts about doing the shows in general because it's so different from Canada. The mm-hmm. club that I was at in Canada, like you couldn't even get the stage wet. Like they're so like, oh, got to make sure there's no water on the stage because it's too slippery and whatever. And then here, like we're just like dumping water everywhere yeah <laughs> it's crazy. Also, the five has like just a straight up shower on stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely like the similar idea to the shower, but you just have like a big bucket, a little like flash dance moment. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So you kind of talked about it a little bit, but can you kind of explain to us like what I'm assuming you do the group performances mainly on a weekend? Like how Mm -hmm. often are you doing the group shows versus solo shows? Do you, are you performing like Monday to Sunday? Like how, how does that process work? Yeah, we do stage shows, like the big group shows on Fridays and Saturdays only. So the club is two floors. There's like a downstairs floor that's like a little bit chill, kind of lower ceilings, a little bit more lounge style. And then upstairs is more like standing room, not a lot of chairs with like a massive stage in the middle. And that's where they do all the shows. So they open up like the top half for like Friday, Saturdays. Um, Pretty much... I usually do, I'll always do a solo and then potentially also a group show. Pretty much it's mostly just the girls that are in the Sisters of Seduction group that do shows. And then there's a few girls that do solos Um, in between the shows. So they'll do like a show and then they do tables. So it's pretty much like eight girls will all get up on the big stage and they just dance for 15 minutes. 
you get scheduled maybe like two or three a night. Um, there's tables downstairs too, these like little tiny little podium stages. And you just go up for 15 minutes and you don't have to get naked. So you just dance for 15 minutes. Um, if somebody tips you 20 or more, then you get naked and you literally slide off the stage and just dance for them on front row completely naked in the middle of the club <laughs> all front row Both our faces are like uh, what <laughs> for 20 dollars yeah how good is the australian dollar right now it's the same as canada <laughs> same as canada which is worse yeah how it's, much it's pretty similar how much is a live dance in australia uh 50 dollars for 10 minutes 10 minutes 10 minutes yeah so take Australia off our list. Yeah. <laughs> you, you We're so precious. <laughs> that is unhinged. It's, it's definitely, it's interesting because you don't make tips. And yeah, like the, the five is like $50 for one song. So, you, but again, like then Girl, that's, that's not a song. <laughs> yeah, like yeah no, songs, absolutely. No, it is definitely like a bit longer. Um, I do find it adds up really quickly though. And like the other thing <laughs> is that the club is open from 6 p.m. until 8 a.m. in the morning. So if you get there at like 9 p.m., I usually get there at like 9, I'm 9.30. Really and them. you're there until like 7 in the morning. You have like six hours, like, or you have like more. You could potentially have like 12 hours to like sell all your dances. So if you're selling like $50 <laughs> dances, like you could, you, the money's like pretty good here. Um, mm -hmm. And the VIP rooms is four hundred for an hour, and you keep three fifty. But then people don't tip on that. No, <laughs> I don't like I don't like anything you're saying. I'm sorry, Rosie. I don't like any of it. Oh my god, that <laughs> sounds so like my personal hell. <laughs> Do you think that the money is better in Australia than it was in Canada? Honestly, it's really similar. It's really, really, really similar. I found the money pretty much the same in bc to alberta to montreal to australia everywhere i've worked it's all been really 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 similar i feel like obviously like there's good days and bad days but i definitely find like my average has just kind of like stayed the same everywhere i go um i definitely do feel like i do make more here but it's because i'm working way longer shifts <laughs> and overall like I just I feel like I'm, I'm working just harder here uh Canada's like I find it easier to kind of slack off a little bit because it's kind of your I don't know when I was growing up in or like working in Alberta it's so much cheaper to live there and I feel mm -hmm. like I had just so many other things going on and like big social circles but here I don't really have the same social group and it's like so expensive in Australia so I feel like I just work all the time <laughs> but right yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. like that for you at all <laughs> <laughs> um did you know do you notice the guys are different between Australia and Canada oh they're all really similar yeah, yeah. I feel like they, they party harder <laughs> they probably do way more cocaine here because the club's open till 8 a.m and there are people here like the club they'll be busy at like six in the morning i'm hinged yeah it's, it's nuts so people definitely drink a lot more they party a lot more 
but the type of people and the type of questions you get asked and the stupid comments guys make and asking to go home with you and asking to do whatever, like they're all the same. They all have the same opinions and they all want the same things. It's actually like crazy. The amount of like similarities. I'm like, Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I never it's thought just, I would hear this again, but here we are. Yeah. <laughs> just one shared brain cell between every man alive, apparently. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> Unhinged. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that. Um, is there like a cutoff time? Like you're saying that the club is open from like six till eight. Is there a cutoff time that you have to be there by to be able to work or an amount uh, of time that you have to stay? 11. 11 is like the latest you can get there. Right. Um, yeah. And so, is there a minimum hour time? Sort of. They do it by first come, first serve. So there's like a big list. And when you show up, you like put your name on the list. And whoever gets there at the beginning of the night, after you do your three tables, you can leave as soon as your three tables are done. So if you get there at like six when they open, you're probably going to d- be done by like 12, 11, 30, 12, maybe even depending. Uh, but if you get there at like Yeah, but then if you get there at, like, 11, you're going to be there till the very end of the night. Like, if I get there at 9.30, I'm usually – my last table will be at, like, 4. I'm sorry. The earliest you're getting off is a six-hour shift? Yeah. You're really ruining Australia for me. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds like literally my hell. (laughs) Like, my dream club is open daytime. Um, You – I max work two hours maybe <laughs> and I make like 10 G's and I go home. I and feel like that's everybody's dream club. <laughs> the men are allowed to say it at most 10 sentences while they're there. <laughs> and then they get kicked out. Oh my God. Please, please hire me because that oh. sounds like the perfect work environment. <laughs> yeah, I love that. That's so. coming to you soon, my club. <laughs> Okay, so when you're on like a Friday, Saturday night, you're there, you're doing the Sisters of Seduction. Do you also work the floor? Like how often are the performances? What does a typical night look like? Yeah, um, I usually do. Uh, You'll usually have like between an hour and an hour and a half between either like your tables or a show um, or at some point you're supposed to be on stage. And between shows, I definitely will just go try to sell some dances. It's pretty, it's like, it's definitely harder to sell dances there because the club is really, really, really big. Um, On like a Friday, Saturday, there could be like 180 girls working. How big is this, is this, um, hell? (laughs) Two stories. (laughs) It's it's really big. Yeah, it's like two full floors. Um, and then like the building is massive. There's like the basement is the change room. And then there's like Where they all chain of these. you and have you in cages and cattle prod you. <laughs> Up <laughs> to your tables at 6 a.m. <laughs> Start. You're only at hour 10. Get going, bitch. <laughs> like, that's literally how you've made me think of Australia. <laughs> That is so funny. Now it's a whole different understanding to down under. And they call it that because it's fucking hell. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know. It all makes sense. Oh, no. Yeah, it's it's definitely has – yeah. It's definitely definitely harder. And, like, yeah, there being, like, a lot more girls working. Like, I mean, I definitely found in Alberta, obviously – 
obviously I work with like a lot of really beautiful people, but I would definitely find that I would be at the club and people would come up to me and be like, I saw you when I came in and I thought you're the most beautiful girl I've seen. Like, I want to go for a dance here. Someone could come in and be like, wow, that's the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. And then they turn around and there's like another really gorgeous girl. And then there's like another and like another, and they are like, it's so hard because they can see you. And then immediately there's 10 other girls that are just as hot or hotter. And it's kind of tricky because it's hard to get that one customer that just sees you because there's so many other people to look at. So you kind of, it's more about being there at like the right time and just happening to like catch somebody when they're looking for a dance as opposed to like waiting around for people. But I don't know. Is it there depends. A- a typical look of the dancers in Australia? Like, are they all slender or yeah. whatever, or breast yeah. implants or like something? Definitely our, <laughs> yeah. Uh, fake boobs is super popular. Like a lot of girls have like really, really, really big fake boobs, which like I don't. When I first got here, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I wonder if this is going to affect my income. But so far it hasn't, but it's definitely, I have had, people tell me that they wish that I, my boobs were bigger. So it's definitely like a bit more of a cultural thing there. I find, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You've had men just be like, mm, I would like you if your boobs were like slightly bigger. Yeah. Really? You've never been yeah. told that. No, I've uh, heard girls tell that at the club and I've had guys say like, I remember, remember that guy at the club was like, I don't like your, your like luscious lips or your big breasts. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Wait, did you say leisure? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'll, ta- I'll take that compliment and walk away. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I've never had someone be like, I wish you had bigger boobies. I've had that Ooh. in Canada too. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're doing it. They're not chesticles. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> bigger knee <laughs> ratio. Uh, throwback. Is there like a um, sorry, word for, on. sorry, just a callback to our other, like our other episode. Is there a word for like, boobs that you hear like Australians use all the time that's just like mm. disgusting and feral what do they say <laughs> really yeah I don't not really I haven't really heard like too much like slang for like boobs but my personal favorite Australian slang is uh like a speedo like a like a small bathing suit for a guy is called a budgie smuggler and that is yeah. my <laughs> favorite <laughs> yeah as soon as he said speedo i was like budgie smuggler yeah. i don't know you're gonna say cunt but <laughs> neither here nor there um okay sorry we cut you off tell us about these little skinny bitches <laughs> with big tits <laughs> yeah our our club specifically um they definitely have a like standard like when i applied they pretty much were like you have to have your hair done when you show up to work. Like it has to either be like curly or straight or put up, but it can't be like just nothing. Um, You have to wear makeup. Like you have to wear fake eyelashes. They will literally like almost send you home if you're not like up to looking good enough sort of thing. Um, You like have to have like nice work outfits. You like, again, if you don't look like ready to work, they will like pretty much send you home. They're not as bad about like the weight thing but I've definitely heard like in the past obviously in like years ago they were definitely like I don't know making sure people were staying under certain weight and stuff like that which I think they got into like some flack for so now it's like a little bit a little bit more 
calm about the like weight, but they'll honestly, they just won't hire really thick girls, which is like super sad. And I feel like that's like not okay. Cause I feel like it's not about what the manager thinks is hot. It's about what the customer's like. And I feel like a lot of strip clubs don't fully understand that <laughs> customers don't like every single girl to look the exact same. They they want there to be a bit of diversity, but I don't know. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know what to tell them. I think that clubs are starting to like really be more accepting to like less racist. I mean, that, I say that very loosely because a lot of clubs are very racist still um, and very like um, not welcoming to all body types um, yeah we've seen it like get a tiny bit better again i see that very loosely with and the rise like, of like the baby owls and stuff like yeah, that but, yeah mm -hmm. like, uh thicker bodies in the sense of like manufactured thicker <laughs> like they're still very selective of what thicker means yeah um and then yeah i've definitely known managers who just hire girls they want to fuck and you see that all the girls are hiring are the exact same look you're like okay this yeah. is your type and these are the girls you're trying to manipulate into having sex with you and they're not actually definitely what customers want <laughs> yeah um, but yeah so I don't that is like is. Yeah, that is like one good thing I have to say about like the management at the club is they are, it's mostly female management. So the choreographer <laughs> and yeah, all like the choreographer and the people that you deal with when you do like scheduling is all female. The manager Fiona, who works with like doing like hiring and pretty much like running so much of the club. She's fantastic. She's like, she's worked in the club and now she works in the management position and um, like all of like the door people or like all of like the hostesses and everything. Yeah. And like the bouncers, they're all honestly very professional. I've not felt kind of weirded out by any of them. They're absolutely like on it. If you tell them to kick someone out, they'll kick them out immediately. I've definitely worked at clubs that they're like, well, you know, we have to go double check this. And, you know, I don't know if we really want to kick them out. Like, I think they're spending money and you're just like, they're not and they're being rude yeah mm -hmm. but they're they're pretty much pretty good about kicking people out right away um phones they're like so on it for making sure oh, people I don't like take that. videos and photos in the club especially with the shows like they make an announcement about that they'll have like somebody specifically filming um and nobody else can film and they'll have like the bussies that like run around and will literally like snatch phones out of people's hands and run off with them if they uh, try to film, which <laughs> is nice. Like slapping phones out of the <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I like saw one of the bussies, like this guy was like holding his phone up and he just runs up and this guy's like probably like five, four, maybe this little, uh, this little bussy that we have. And he like ran up and just jumped in to snatch the phone out of this guy's <laughs> hand, like ran up to the DJ booth and literally like turned around and was like, no filming. And the guy was like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, right. it was so good. Just like, I can but... picture this guy, like, <laughs> like hurdle jumping over. <laughs> yeah. That's honestly how it felt. Like they go so hard. <laughs> just clotheslining people. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. I love that commitment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The bussies yeah, there are, they work so hard when we do like the water after our shows, they like double team, grab towels, run to the end of the stage, put them down, like wipe them across. They have like a whole system. They're like running up and down. And like, sometimes if you have like a sponge for like the soap and water, you can like give it to a customer and the customer will like wash you with it and stuff. And then if they like, I don't know, try to like go too close. You like take it, like rub it in their face. And yeah. 
one of the girls did that and this guy's face was like covered in soap and he was kind of just like going like this and like the bussies were there in like two seconds with like a towel for him and they just like watch what's going on and make sure that they are like there before anybody even knows that they're needed which i really oh, appreciate nice. i wish we had that energy here i've literally almost thrown my shoe at a bouncer <laughs> to try and get like his attention yeah. about someone yeah. taking a picture of me yeah. i was yes. like literally oh like shoe in hand like uh, i know it's yeah it's, it can be pretty bad here yeah, yeah definitely um I was going to say something, and I've completely forgotten, so I'm sure Probably it was very, very, good. very important <laughs> and interesting. <laughs> yes, if history does tell yeah. anything, <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, so from the videos we've seen, uh, you have incredible costumes and themes. Uh, for example, Simpsons and superheroes. <laughs> How often do you rotate the shows? Um, it kind of depends on who's working that weekend. So if all of us that are in the Avengers show are there, and if it seems like it's going to be I can a bigger... I can hear all the nerds jizzing themselves right now. <laughs> yeah, people people love the, the Avengers show. It's definitely a, a popular one. Um, yeah, like if everybody's here and if it seems to be busy or if there's going to be like a big crowd, then they'll do kind of like the bigger, more intense shows. They definitely have a wide range between some of them that are like a little bit like there's like Avengers, which is way more intense kind of music. We have like lots of tricks and it's very a little bit more serious uh, versus like, yeah, like The Simpsons, which is just absolute fun party sort of energy so I think they kind of see if it's going to be who's going to be there and if it's going to be busy or not and if it's going to be a super busy weekend we'll probably do something a little bit more energetic um and if it's like a little bit quieter sometimes there's like a Friday the worst is doing a, a really fun busy hectic show and there's like 50 people in the audience and you're like oh oh no <laughs> They're all kind of like, oh. <laughs> but <laughs> how? So, how many group shows are there per night? Per night, it's a good question. Maybe like three or four. Not, and how many of those many. do you usually do? I'll usually do like one, one. Maybe like yeah, maybe like three or four. I'll do like one. I'm. I do Gangsters, Avengers, Burlesque, and a Saloon show. And then I'm currently learning a Moulin Rouge routine, uh, Mortal Kombat, and Simpsons as well. So I love um, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah. They like just posted like the video of the Mortal Kombat show. I'm like going to replace one of the girls. She's going on vacation. So I'm going to take over and do her <laughs> part in both Mortal Kombat and Simpsons. And Oh my gosh, yeah. They are such fun routines. I'm really looking forward. But we like come in on the weekdays to train them. So actually after we record, I'm going to go over and work on Moulin Rouge for the afternoon. So it's kind of nice like being able to come in, but it does mean that you have to really be dedicated to participating. You pretty much like have to be there on the weekends because you kind of don't know what shows they're going to cho choose to do and you need to make sure that you're there so if they want to run one of them, you can be there to participate. But yeah. <laughs> when you uh, 
<laughs> this is how my mind works. When you said you're going to replace someone because she's going on vacation, I literally just had a flashback of Tanya Harding. <laughs> like, you guys know that reference of her? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, Let me in the show. Like, taking the girl out the knee. <laughs> she's going on vacation. <laughs> she's like, oh I gosh, see you. So you're like, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> literally. I'm like, yeah, I'm you said I was competitive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, I would never. So, so how often do you guys rehearse shows then? Uh, maybe like once or twice a week. Like we'll usually do them uh, weekly if we're still learning them. And then once we've completed learning them and we've done them once on stage, we don't ever rehearse them ever again. And you just have to remember, <laughs> like we haven't done burlesque in forever. And we did it a couple of weeks ago and I was like, oh my God, I don't even remember it. And you just have to like go up and just be like, okay, here we go. I'll just remember, guys- I guess when the music comes on. If you're not really getting tips, are you guys getting paid by the club? Are you guys employees of the club? Uh, we're independent contractors as well, but the showgirls, you get paid, uh, like you get like an in, like you write them an invoice. Um, so the first show that you do, or if you do just one. So when I first got here, I just did my one solo. It covers your floor fee, which is $120. <laughs> On Friday, Saturday. <laughs> There's like slow blinking at you. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I knew that was just going to be another. <laughs> in, in all, yeah, in all fairness, I worked at clubs where like the floor fee was like almost 300. So oh, it's wow. insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's definitely gouging. Yeah. yeah okay. it, it's, it's a lot. But if you're your first show, you don't have to pay the $120. So even doing like the one show alone, it does save you a decent amount of money because you're not having to take that out of the money that you're making every night. Um, and then when you do a second show, you get paid the $120 for another show. But it kind of takes like a little bit to really like work up into getting two shows just because there are like a decent amount of girls in the group that have been there way longer than me. So they do usually get priority when they choose the group shows who they're going to take for those. But yeah, I, I definitely feel like the more shows I learn, the more likely I'll be doing more shows per night. But you usually do two. I think there's maybe only like a girl or two that does more than that. Because you said uh, a solo is five to ten minutes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's like a half show in BC. And Alberta, I think, too, right? It's the same. So like that's not that bad. Like $120 for a half show is like not bad. Yeah. Like that's really what you're probably getting for your pay and tips on like a average night. Absolutely. And I mean, like, people do tip occasionally. So it is kind of nice if you're getting paid like 120 or at least not having to pay 120. Um, If you make anything, it is kind of just like a little bit more. Um, I do find on tables, though, uh, you you do get tipped more often just because people are looking for like a dance off the stage. So people are more willing to give you money. But if they give me like a 10 and then a 10... I like won't dance for them, but if they give me a twenty, then you can dance for them. So and sorry, um, say it again. You are getting fully naked in your stage shows, right? Like even yeah. the group ones. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, I know. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> at, like in Alberta, I did a couple double shows on stage with another girl, and you like 
can't get too close and you can't do anything that's like too yeah you like can't do anything too sexual here like oh my god they literally we, we like eat each other out on stage like like fully but like not fully okay um, can we just not yeah. i don't want to lose all my customers to australia <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, like, yeah yeah they go like hard and then they do like uh like lezzy shows as well where they like it's like two girls that literally just do a full lezzy show and they just like eat each other out on stage and <laughs> yeah it's definitely like a lot less uh I don't know. I find Canada's a, l- a little bit more conservative when it comes to what you can and can't do. And it's like, yes, it's a strip club, but you know, you- your your dancing can't be too sexy because that's <laughs> that's bad. And then there, they're like, oh yeah, you know, let's just like, eh. you're just like, oh, okay, wow. <laughs> yeah, we have a, one of our VIP rooms is a shower room, so they have like a big shower in it, and you can go, and it's like a half hour VIP. And you can sell like lezzy shows for like a little bit extra. And if people want to tip, you can literally go with like another girl and like, yeah, <laughs> just do a lezzy show for them in the shower. It's really and interesting. There's you, like a lot of options. Yeah, I was gonna say. So you uh, the you get three fifty for an hour room, and then can you upsell in that? Is that supposed to include lap dances? Like what? Yeah, it's like an hour for like a room it's it's a it, they're not even really private it's kind of like a more private room but there can be more than one customer and a girl in the rooms it's kind of tricky to sell because it's tough to be like oh yeah like 400 for an hour in a semi-private room which is definitely people don't love that but uh yeah you could definitely upsell once you're there the contact rules is you can like sit on your customer and they can touch your butt and like all up the side, but they can't touch your boobs or between the legs and you cannot grind on them. Like absolutely not. They are so strict about it. So it, it is kind of tough because there's not much you can really upsell. Like I can't upsell for them to touch my boobs. I can't upsell for me to like grind on them. But I find like the Lezzy shows is like the number one thing you can upsell and then just like more time. <laughs> Mm-hmm. just kind of but yeah yeah the the yeah. club has like a ton of vip rooms though and vips like i've definitely more people go for vip in this club than they have in previous clubs that i've worked at in canada where there'll maybe be like one or two like vip private rooms and like they'll get booked but maybe like not all night here they'll sell sell like 400 bookings a night like it's it's nuts so so, sorry vip when you say vip for there because here vip Mm. means just like single lap dances yeah can you talk us through like i'm assuming you're talking more like a champagne room yeah 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 we just have like private dance rooms and then the vip and then vip is like the champagne room um and Mm -hmm. yeah you get like alcohol service down there and the club is like it's so confusing. There's two floors, but then in a halfway floor between the second floor and the basement change room, there's like a plateau with private dance rooms, like VIP rooms. And then there's like VIP rooms upstairs behind this like other door in this weird little alley thing. And like, there's just like all of these random rooms behind doors in out, like little hallways that like lead to other rooms. And it's like, 
it's so confusing. So you kind of just go wherever. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, the sorry, the champagne rooms, the ones that you get paid three fifty for? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Well, speaking more of uh, travel dancing, we know you mm -hmm. are we're in Canada and here you can't work in the sex industry if you're on a visa, if you're travel dancing yeah. or if you're travel working. Um you can only work if you have a PR citizen. Uh, what is the process like for Australia? Do you have to get a work visa or anything like that? Yeah, I am on a working holiday visa. So I have 12 months um, and you can like work in Australia. You're supposed to work with the same employer for only up to six months. Technically, I've been here for longer than six months, but I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll all figure it out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll, I'll just allegedly, that one out allegedly. allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it honestly, it says like on the visa website for Australia, it says you can do any job and it uses the word any multiple times all throughout Love the document. So I was Love like, you know what? It that that obviously i would assume that that means that you can do sex work any and job <laughs> yeah it, yeah it, it's like it says any like that should mean any um so yeah you can pretty much do that um and also i believe victoria the state of victoria um has legalized sex work or at least decriminalized it um and they also specifically decriminalize street-based sex work so, like, if you're on the street, you're not going to get, like, in trouble versus just regulating brothels. Because mm -hmm. I think before it was, like, it was decriminalized, but only in, like, a brothel setting or legalized in a brothel setting. But street sex work was still illegal, but I think they just decriminalized that. So they definitely have some more progressive sex work laws than Canada does even. I think everywhere does. And much. finally, following <laughs> New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what would you say some of the risks are for travel, travel dancing? Yeah, I mean, are? honestly, the biggest one for sure is like traveling to the United States. I have not danced in the U.S., but I have gotten stopped at the border and a very good friend of mine ended up getting detained and interrogated about being a full service sex worker in Canada. And we were not anticipating it at all. And she was not really prepared, even though I know we've like heard horror stories and she went out of her way to make sure that her phone didn't have any information on it because they will look at your phone and they will search your electronics. Um, she just wasn't necessarily prepared to be interrogated at like nine in the morning trying to get to Dallas. And she ended up getting banned for 10 years. And we had to make a decision if we were going to be like leaving without her or not. We ended up staying for her, obviously. <laughs> That's like so serious. So we like stayed and ended up driving back to Calgary, but it was very traumatic. And it's, it's really scary because the U.S. has specific laws that say that they're, they exclude sex workers from entering the country. I believe when I did some research, it was the U.S. and Japan that explicitly says that sex workers are not allowed to enter the country. So when you're traveling to either of those countries now with like facial recognition, it is so easy for them to pretty much be prepared for you to get there. 
um, when it's like, I don't know, companies selling information that you're booking with, with your legal name that's connected to, say, if you're escorting and if you have ads up, legal name being able to pay for your ads can now get linked. So when you show up at the airport, they can pretty much expect that you're going to be there, facial recognition, and they'll be able to like ban you. And it's like so scary that it's becoming so frequent. I feel like I hear about it all the time on Twitter and just between sex worker groups that it's becoming way more popular. But I don't know. It's uh, what did they say? I think I... I think this is a great time to just remind all the listeners that this is an entertainment podcast and none of us are actually sex workers. <laughs> all allegedly, and we've never even seen a penis. Think never, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Write that down. Yeah. Yeah, um, of course. They, they, they classify sex workers under crimes involving moral turpitude. So it is a loser. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking nerds. <laughs> yeah. Morals yeah. are so overrated. I Absolutely. So, your friend got banned driving over the border? Flying. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah I feel yeah, like yeah. it's probably I feel like it's probably easier to drive, but definitely flying. And we're in the Vancouver airport. Vancouver airport has been like recognized as being overly brutal when it comes to trying to cross over to the u.s their custom agents are just miserable people don't want to ruin everyone's lives (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely i don't know i i my my friend said that the number one thing for being safe when traveling is just like not packing anything that looks like you could be working so like at never ever ever stripper shoes no matter what or like lingerie um like keeping your phones clear of like any information that even alludes to ever even potentially being paid for anything in the realm of sex work um making sure that you have like an itinerary that says exactly what your travel plans are so you're not uh suspected of having all this like off time to go into work um and yeah i don't know dressing down as well not looking like you're you have money or that you're like that you look like a whore <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know it's it's pretty crazy but i think that also kind of comes under the idea that i find from men that sex workers can like only be a one dimensional person that like they can't go on vacation without working like, mm-hmm. why Why would they want to go on vacation? You know, it's like they, they can't have a life outside of being like a sexual object. And it's like, they're, yeah. And, and to think that like somebody that does sex work that's coming into your country is going to be there just to like ruin the morals of your people. It's like <laughs> giving up three orgasms. <laughs> like, we have um, like way better things to do with our time. So, yeah. Well, I mean, like, why would we need a vacation when sex work isn't real work? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole like pleaser thing as well, and sort of strip away becoming mainstream. I hope all these little bitches who are stealing our outfits and our shoes are just like going on vacation with their with like their mom and dad. Yeah. And yeah. be like, uh, we recognize <laughs> these clear plastic shoes. <laughs> no states for you yeah seriously and you get a ban and you get a ban and you get a ban for everyone (laughs) (laughs) serves y'all right for trying to be us um uh 
Um, any other tips you have for dancers who want to try their hand at travel work? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like the, I, I don't know about tips, but number one, I would just say just like do it, especially like going to Australia, to be honest, like I know it sounds like there's lots of reasons not to, but it has been such a fun experience and it's so different than anything that I've experienced in Canada. And I find, I don't know, as a stripper, I feel like the more clubs that you're able to work in and the more experience you can get in different environments, the better it makes you. Um, It like helps define your hustling skills and the way that you're able to kind of I don't know, market yourself as your identity, as your stripper self. And I don't know, I, I think it's it's so much fun to be able to go and travel. It's one of the benefits of being a stripper is being able to go and work in different places. And the job is so similar all over the world. It's so easy to be able to just go and you don't need to do extensive training in order to do it. So to be able to take advantage of that and be able to go work in different places is such a privilege and I definitely recommend it for sure yeah but not to the U.S. (laughs) I was about to say (laughs) (laughs) um okay before we get into our rapid fire questions we have some listener questions but we're running a little late on time because we had so much to talk about so we just pulled three of our favorite ones so the first one is are you classically trained in dance and do you experience judgment from past dance classmates hmm um, I am experienced in classical dance. I danced at like the Go Ballet just in Vancouver on Broadway. And um, I did like a little bit at the Royal Winnipeg. But honestly, I don't really have much contact with anybody that I used to dance with. So I have no idea if they are judging me <laughs> or not. But the ballet, I, if they're ballet girls, they're judging you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Um, I took like a bit of time between dancing and going to stripping, and I definitely lost like just some of the connections with people that I danced with when I was younger. Moving to Calgary as well, I definitely am not as close with people that I grew up with in BC. But I, I hope they're jealous. So I'm probably making yeah, more money are. than them, anyways. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and your feet are cuter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your feet looking up. You make more money off their feet. Off yeah. your feet than yeah. <laughs> uh, the next listener question here. What is your favorite and least favorite thing about dancing in Australia? Mm, favorite thing is definitely the group shows. Dancing with like the other girls and learning choreography and like wearing super fun costumes is honestly like it's amazing. It's such a fun experience and it's not something that you can do in Canada because they don't have something like that there. So it is definitely the highlight of my trip. Uh, Least favorite is the hours. It's the hours. My weekends, I pretty much just sleep all weekend. It's pretty, it's so hard to do anything when you're getting home at like 7.30 in the morning and uh, you sleep till like 3 p.m. and then you get up and go immediately back to work. It's like, it's definitely a bit of a wear. So that's that's definitely the biggest downside for me. If it wasn't for the hours, it would be like <laughs> fantastic here. But it's our least favorite for you too. That yeah. and the motor <laughs> thing. And then last listener question. What are your red flags and non-negotiables of clubs when you travel? Mm. 
Oh yeah. Okay. So one that <laughs> I like, just, uh, <laughs> well, one that I just recently dealt with that was an absolutely no go was when I first arrived to Australia, um, my friend and I, that I went with, she messaged a bunch of clubs. I knew I wanted to work at men's, but we needed to just make a little bit of money because we just got here and spent some money on hotels and food and everything. So, uh, we went and worked at this club called dreams. It's in the city. They sell customers tipping dollars, dream dollars. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, like I I get it. It could definitely help. Like people want to tip, whatever. But then they said that you are not allowed to take real cash tips on stage. So I would do like a 15 minute little table. I don't think you have to get naked unless somebody tips, but I got like cash tips and they would literally take your cash tips and give you dream dollars, but they take a percentage of the dream dollars. So like my friend had like a $20 bill and she was like, oh, like I, I got 20. And the DJ literally was like, oh, looks like that's real money and snatched it out of her hand and gave <laughs> her like $18 in dream t- dollars. And she was like, what the Ew. fuck? Wait, I sorry. Much- she, she got $18 in dream tip dollars, but then I'm sure when she went to tip out that money to get real money she got a cut again yeah probably probably like it is just so brutal and I pretty much after that I was like I refuse to go back so I did like Friday Saturday and then I just never came back I was scheduled for the next weekend and I was like no I refuse to go to a club that is so outwardly ripping me off and like actively fucking me over and like taking my money like that is an Mm -hmm. absolutely no go and like it's I don't know clubs that take like a huge percentage and they're not willing to like I don't know really make it worth it for you like men's gallery of three or a hour booking I get three hundred dollars out of the 350 they keep fifty dollars of that so it's like that is such a like different percentage than if they were taking half of it or something. And I really respect the fact that they are willing to take less because they know that they get more bookings. So they don't need to fuck over each girl individually on each dance because overall they're going to be doing well enough. And I feel like I would rather that than a club that's like nickel and diming every single dancer. Like I don't, they don't need to know how much I'm making. They don't need to be making sure that I'm tipping out per whatever, and yeah, yeah, that was definitely, yeah, clubs that just outwardly like take your money is absolutely no. <laughs> yeah, I think that sounds like they're taking about 17%. So yeah. Not, roughly 17%. And here they take 40%. So yeah. How much <laughs> yeah. does the club get out of a $50 10 minute dance? Nothing. Yeah, they keep it all. Yeah, we keep all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Australians, back on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll think about it. Because that's two yeah. dances. No, so it's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. That's why I like like the the $50, like it is 10 minutes, but if you're selling like 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, like you're going to be making like, like 50, 50, 50, 50, and that's going to go up way quicker than like 20 or 30 or something like that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that the fact that they don't take anything off your dances and $50 off a booking is like pretty good. And like the floor fee is like the 120. So it's definitely like higher, but you also have like way more free range when it comes to your time and doing your boat like bookings and if you get a booking you don't have to do a table 
So if you're scheduled for like a 4 a.m. table and somebody books me for an hour during that time, I don't have to do my table. So they definitely kind of let you make your money and they don't try to like step in and jeopardize that. They don't let you leave. A green flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, the showgirls, if you do shows, you usually leave earlier. Yeah. I kind of like the the earlier you get and the harder you work, the more likely they are to let you leave. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, all right. Before we let you go, we'll do our three rapid fire questions we ask all of our guests. First one is what is one thing on your sexual bucket list yet that you haven't done yet but want to try? Oh my God. Maybe like an orgy or something. I've like never had more than a threesome. So maybe something like crazy like that. It's so crazy. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like that's so what crazy. you do on stage. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> All right. What is one thing you've tried sexually that you probably wouldn't do again? It's a good question. Probably anal. <laughs> it is so many people's answers. Y'all just out is. here tearing ourselves. Oh. <laughs> horrible oh no i don't hate um, it but it's not it's not my favorite probably not not one of my top ones <laughs> mm-hmm. i am so petty if someone asked me that question i would straight up mention my ex's name <laughs> one thing i've done sexually i wouldn't do again this guy <laughs> I love that. first and last name here's his address <laughs> here's his minus bank That's account so <laughs> um and last thing if you had the world's attention for 30 seconds what would you say oh my gosh I don't know. I think I would say that we all need to be more respectful to people in the sex work industry and to each other within it and not judging people for what they need to do to get by. And yeah, I don't know. A little bit more love between everyone. Love it. Awesome. Rosie, before you go, where can people find you? Uh, Instagram, Rosie underscore skies underscore post lots of videos of me dancing and stuff. I don't have an OnlyFans or anything. <laughs> you don't have time. You're in that club. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. I don't have time to uh, do anything <laughs> online. But yeah, I try to post some videos when I can and try to update people about what I'm doing in Australia. But I'm really bad at social media. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> And that's all you get. <laughs> yeah. And as always, you can find us on Instagram at 50 plus a tip pod or email at 50 plus a tip at gmail.com. Slide in with any questions, comments. We love getting them. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Rosie, thank you again so much for joining us. It, it was very, very fun to hear about Australia and a little terrifying. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> most fun. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for you- having me. Yes, my love. I was going to say, do you think you're still going to apply for your uh, Australian visa? Thank you. <laughs> I think I'm good on those uh, 20 hour shifts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, thanks, Rosie. Now I don't have anyone to go with. <laughs> Should be there. Yeah, Changed the stage. <laughs> Changed that stage. Oh my gosh. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was super fun to chat about what I'm up to. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's great. And have a wonderful week and happy whoring. Goodbye. Bye. And a huge thank you to our amazing sponsors, X9, which is a local Vancouver swimmer and exotic wear company that was started out of the love for creativity, art, and experimentation. It 
began in a showroom in 2018 located in the heart of East Vancouver and with the original spirit of the brand in mind to create fun and unique pieces for sex workers, dancers, performers, and the queer community to express their confidence and sexuality. Find them on Instagram at x9bikini. Also, shout out to Olivia and Lash, um, our lovely sponsor for bringing our lashes to life. Whatever your poison, simple classics, wispy, dramatic, colored, and even bottom lashes, Liz is truly a master of them all. You can find her on Instagram at Livian Lash, that's L-A-V-I-E-E-N-L-A-S-H, and let her know that 50 Plus A Tip sent you to get $20 off your first visit. Have a wonderful week. And happy whoring. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.